Hello and welcome to episode 180 of the Starcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, Brody. Hello. James. Hi. And Stephen. <laughs> Hello. Are you okay, James? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's uh, it's a delayed podcast because we're all super busy, so uh, I can I can understand that. Um, Stephen, you were super busy and couldn't join us last week for our recap of E3. So I'm curious, what did you what did you make of E3 this past year or this year? It's, this it was interesting. E3. Like I, there were a couple of individual pieces that I'm quite quite excited for, but uh-huh. I don't know. Overall, it really felt like the E3 before the next consoles come out sort of E3. Like, everyone's holding back the real big stuff. You had, I know, the cool, exciting moments with Keanu Reeves and stuff like that. Of course. I don't know, the... I'm glad that we got an actual date for the Final Fantasy VII remake and some actual tangible gameplay that looks like they finished some part of it. But, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it was kind of weird how, especially with Sony not being there, it's like, I don't know, you kind of miss out on half of the, the... I don't know, big announcements, I guess. Although Microsoft yeah. did bring it a little bit, I'll, I must say. Yeah, that was kind of our same sort of feeling as well. Um, you're still excited for E3 next year, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, definitely not to say that this year wasn't exciting at all. Like, I was, I don't know, I got a lot more out of the Nintendo one than I thought I would. They did a lot of, I don't know, pandering to old men like myself. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'll finally be able to get to play, like, Trials of Mana in a legit form and, you know, stuff like Panzer Dragoon. I never expected to get a remake, but. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know. Next next year, I think we'll see the, you know, we'll see what Xbox have m- more to say about Project Scarlet and how their whole cloud platform is going to be going forward. We'll probably see Sony come back because I'll actually have something to show next year with any luck. And I don't know, maybe some, you know, new hardware from Nintendo or something like that. We'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm still going to be keen for it for next year, but I, I'm kind of glad I didn't stay up late for anything this year i just kind of caught it up caught up with things after i woke up and i don't feel like i missed out on anything this year uh-huh yeah well i think we're you're we're all pretty much in agreement there um so uh let's get on with this show and as is the newish format here on the starcast um each of us brings a different video game topic of the week for us to discuss and i'm gonna invite james to kick us off what do you want to talk about today james i think that we should talk about um, obviously EA is in the news again, um, because they've decided to refer to, um, loot boxes as surprise mechanics instead of, um, <laughs> I guess what they actually are. Um, it's, it's interesting, I guess. Um, but so basically in the UK parliament, I think that it was the head of legal and government affairs or something. Like, I didn't even know uh-huh. most publishers had somebody like that. Um, but I guess so. Yeah, Got to cover their so, bases. Yeah. Um. So they had like responded to, to the to I guess the inquiry about whether or not their loot boxes have like I guess ethical issues and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, it was said, and she said, um, that they are surprise mechanics and that their use in the EA games are quite ethical and fun and enjoyable to people. Like that was an actual quote. Um. Yeah. Which, which I like. I I just think is interesting. Like I don't know if I've ever met somebody who plays game like say star wars battlefront 2 or even fifa um and kind of likes the mechanics behind all that kind of stuff mm. uh, i mean no i um, what do you guys think like i don't i've always i've always been one that's kind of always been like oh, i see both sides but like this one i'm just a bit like mm, just like admit what it is you know <laughs> yeah yeah um what do you where do you come down on this brody 
Um, as a person who plays a few games that dabble in this loot box industry, like I used to play Destiny quite a bit, and they do it. Uh-huh. I think I think they probably handle it as probably as good as you could. Like you, every time you level up, you get one of the loot boxes, but then you can obviously buy more if you, if that's what you want to do. I wouldn't say I enjoy them. Like I understand in a, I guess I understand if it's a service game. Um, that you that does a rollout of free content every now and then they've got to make their money somehow um, beyond the initial purchase price um, and it's not obviously mandatory it's up to you know up to individual people to make their choices and buy loot boxes but um I don't know I think in this instance it just sounds like EA is trying to uh, I don't know I, don't, I can't think of a metaphor or an it's, analogy. It kind of maybe put like a bit of marketing spin on what's yeah, otherwise maybe to, a bit of a predatory sort of system. Yeah, they're trying to dress it up as something it's not. Like I, I literally just read something where they said it's like a kinder surprise. And uh, it's not a kinder surprise. I mean, yeah. there's no yeah, delicious I found that chocolate. such a weird like comparison to make like i feel like there's such an obvious comparison in like trading card game booster packs in that you buy them without knowing what's in them and you literally you know based on what's in them you can get a tangible advantage in the game that you're playing so in a way it's like i don't know mechanically more i don't know pay to win i guess is the term but yeah i don't know why they didn't use that comparison rather than just say oh people just like surprises like kinder eggs because that just leaves them open to be like that's not the same thing dude (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think trading card booster packs is like a very good comparison, actually. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, my cousin is a big FIFA player um, and kind of gets those character packs. And, and he's pretty content kind of getting Xbox credit for um, his birthday or Christmas so he can punt, like, uh, pump more money into FIFA and, and open up some new packs and, and try and get better players for his team. Um, and he's like posting to Instagram, opening up the loot boxes and like, and like celebrating which characters kind of come up on them. And he seems to enjoy that. I don't know if I would. Um, FIFA, FIFA to me is the strangest one because if I, let's just say like, as an example, like Fortnite or like even say, um, we'll just say Fortnite. Like if you, (laughs) if you were to buy some stuff in that game, um, like, you kind of, you're stuck with that game for most of the generation. Whereas, yeah. like, to me with FIFA, like, you're putting all this money into Ultimate Team, but you know you're going to be throwing it all away, like, September next year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they just, that's the the strangest thing. That it, That's why it surprises me that, like, sports games are so, um, like, successful with this model. Uh, yeah. Is that the case? The only- Is that, do, do none of the, like, Ultimate Team elements carry over between games? I am pretty I, sure I don't they believe, don't. I don't believe so. Not right. Like, That's, you, yeah, I mean, I could be wrong because I don't play, but um, I was under the impression because if you go into a store and buy FIFA points, as an example, especially a lot of kids would do that, you uh-huh. have to buy it for the right game. Um, yeah. It's not like Universal. Um, no. Whereas like Battlefront 2, like obviously if you spent some money on that, still a bit shit, but at least you're not really going to get another Battlefront game for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been supporting that game for at least two years. Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be with you for a little while at least. Um, and then the other yeah, thing, I sorry, I was just no, no, no. The other thing I was just thinking is like, in terms of publishers, do we think that EA is the worst? Like, because they seem to be the only one who's, I guess, getting having to like defend themselves, literally in court. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're the be, worst. They're certainly they, not the only ones doing this. They'd be right up there with like Activision Blizzard, I guess. They, they're good for it obviously with overwatch and 
Destiny, but I suppose Destiny's not Activision anymore, but um, I can't think of any Ubisoft properties that really do it. So, yeah. Yeah, I was waiting. I was waiting for like James to call us out on that. Like, are we are we missing someone, James? Is there someone in your mind that you think kind of no. behaves in just as badly Mortal, as EA? Or no, not 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 really. Like Mortal Kombat has elements of it, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's as bad as say um, like EA has been in terms of yeah. the randomization of stuff. Yeah, like in um, the- I mean, I've I've been quite vocal in. In the way that I think um, uh, that uh, a uh, sorry Fortnite handles it and Epic handle it, um, I kind of like that you sort of know what you're getting. Um, even when it comes to, like the battle pass, you can look of, look like in advance and kind of see everything that you unlock at the different levels. Um, that kind yeah. of microtransaction like structure, I guess, appeals to me a lot more, and is something and like, that I'm much more willing to get behind. That's what Ubisoft does for most of their games. Like you can buy stuff with real money, but like you know you're going to get Pegasus <laughs> if you if you put the money down yeah. for Pegasus. You know, like there's no no randomization. <clears throat> some yeah. people some people do take it pretty far though. Like you were telling us before we started recording about someone who was playing Apex and how much money did you say they pumped into that? Sure. Yeah. So they were like pursuing some really high, like high rarity items, and uh, they're like, I think they're like one in five hundred kind of chances of getting them in a loot box, and that they spent seven hundred dollars, like just repeatedly buying loot boxes to try and get some of these items, um, which is just like a staggering amount of money. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't ever invest that kind of money on the off chance that you get an item that you want. Um, that doesn't like, appeal to me at all. I don't. Like, I, that sounds like a gambling sort of element to me—a lucky dip, if you like. And I'm, yeah, I don't support that. Yeah, like you could literally buy a new console for that. Like it's, yeah, that's so much money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's mind-boggling. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't really fathom it, but maybe I mean, like I kind of gave the example of my cousin because he is someone that seems to very much enjoy that kind of side of thing. I don't know if you would give him the option, like, hey. If you just pay however much money instead, you could get that one character, like, no questions asked, rather than trying to pull them from a a, a pack or a, a loot crate or whatever they call them in FIFA. Um, maybe he'd be much more excited for that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of, like, maybe to trying to suggest there's maybe more to this than what initially meets the eye when it comes to that statement from EA. Maybe there is an element of kind of, like, exciting kind of like the sort of rarity things that it plays into it a little bit um much in the way that like when you open a trading deck a trading card pack like uh steven said um it's kind of exciting to get like a foil card or a mythic card or whatever you are uh, whatever you're getting from it um maybe there's kind of some element to the sort of the hustle and the collection with this as well but yeah i, can see her, I don't want to condone it necessarily <laughs> I, I can see her argument that it's fun because as someone who has bought loot boxes when i've gotten things that i've wanted obviously you get pretty jazzed about it but to say yeah. that it to because she's called it ethical and fun to call it mm. ethical i think is the the, the big question <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's a fair point i think the um, thing with like, um like with trading card packs as well like i know if you don't get what you want you still get like some physical valuable object that you can trade or sell for what you want and i guess like yeah. overwatch will give items. you credits yeah it's kind of they try and do it with crafting items and like dust in hearthstone or credits in um in overwatch for duplicates but it's like it, yeah it's not quite the same 
Mm. Do we well, want it to end? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I was gonna segue across rather nicely to your com- uh, to your topic, Brody. Um, speaking because speaking of ethics in in video games, I suppose um, you observed some interesting stuff happening with advertising in video games this past week. Yeah, um, not actually sure when this article was from. I think it might have been from a couple of days ago, perhaps. Um, apparently, there was a sale recently on NBA Two K Thirteen. Uh, it was sold for three dollars American, I think, which is obviously very cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, here and uh, in the uh, time since, uh, people have started to notice that uh, a lot of loading screen and unskippable ads have started popping up in their game. Um, so it makes me wonder whether it was all part of a larger tactic to perhaps, you know, uh, get a larger user base in prior to. Because I don't know what the ads are for necessarily. I don't know if they're probably for NBA 2020 or if they're for you know, something else on their store or whatever. But, um, you know, was it part of a ploy to get a larger user base in and then sort of, you know, unleash these ads? Yeah, it's a, that's a big question. I, it, it kind of, it certainly seems kind of a bit malicious as well. Um, it's kind of like a weird sort of gray area. I'm trying to think of like other games that have had advertising in them. Um, Stephen, do you know? Do you know of any of yeah, any games I mean, that we were trying uh, to brainstorm some before? The oh yeah, the only one I could think of when we were brainstorming is I remember there was a big deal when like Burnout Paradise got ads, and like if you were internet connected, there were ads for like political campaigns and particular brands. Like you could sort of buy billboards in game that would you know be advertising real world things, and it kind of I don't know. In that way, it seemed like an interesting sort of in universe kind of way of doing the advertising but like when it's just here is a brand or here is something and you can't skip it on a loading screen like Mm. i guess it kind of depends on whether you're actually being held away from the game or if it's just you know you're going to be looking at a loading thing anyway so let's put a brand in your face so you have to look at the brand it's i don't love it but it's i don't know i guess it's worse if it is in in addition to a loading screen but it it's less horrible if you know if it's something that's basically dead air anyway I don't know. I I don't love it. Let's put it like, that way. I I know. Like I get frustrated with YouTube ads all the time, and I don't even oh, pay yes. for YouTube. So if I was someone who spent sixty dollars on this game, or like ninety dollars on this game last year, and I'm suddenly getting smashed by ads that I can't skip, that's going to kind of irk me a little bit. Yeah, which I think is where a lot of these people are coming from. And obviously, they've in three months when the next one comes out, if it comes out in September, like they'll upgrade again and start fresh. But you know. Uh, and I, I don't know if a, a billboard in Burnout Paradise is really an endorsement, seeing as you can uh, smash through those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just doing a, a spot of research into it now. Um, it appears to that like a, a trailer for a upcoming <coughs> FX TV show called Snowfall is like being being trailered like in oh. the game on the load screen. Um, okay. Again, I'm just yeah. kind of like working off a still image that's been shared on Reddit by members of the community. Um, but it looks like it says game loaded, and I don't see any sort of like button prompt to <laughs> to then oh, yeah, like start playing the game. So it looks like the game has kind of loaded in the background, but maybe the trailer is still playing out. Um, again, that's as much as I can sort of like verify. Um, but yeah, if that's if that's the case, that it's like forcing you to sit out the trailer whilst the game has already loaded that's um pretty pretty shady yeah i agree like if you if you've paid for your game 
uh, you should kind of just be able to enjoy it, like, and not have to be have ads shuffled down your throat in the meantime. That's, like, I, uh, I know a lot of mobile games sort of try to incentivize watching ads by. Uh, oh, these are free mobile sure. games as well. Like, they'll they'll say if you yeah. want to sit through like two or three ads, we'll give you like fifty of the game currency, so you can buy like a loot pack or some stupid thing like that. Yeah, but, uh, I think that's that's different because oh, like, yeah, they, the developer needs to yeah yeah no yeah, need, yeah. needs to make money somehow. I'm saying but. so that that's a situation where it's acceptable and they handle it well. Like they don't make uh-huh. it they don't make it essential that you have to watch the ads. They give you the option to so that they can reward you for it and make money themselves. Yeah. Uh, whereas this goes in the complete opposite direction and gives you no choice, but still asks you to cough over money for the game. So it's just a a little bit grimy. Mm. What were we going to talk about next? He was. Oh, it's my turn, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Uh, yeah. So I uh, reviewed uh, Crash Team Racing in the past week. Um, my review came out last Friday. You can go and read it all. Um, but spoiler alert: I did give it an eight out of ten. Um, I'm a massive CTR fan. I played this game a lot growing up. Um, so there is like a nostalgic sort of element to me. Um, and so I was surprised actually kind of like looking at the other review scores coming in at Embargo that I actually came in at kind of like a lower sort of side than a lot of people did. There were lots of like 8.5s, kind of 9s kind of given to it. Um, so that kind of caught me off guard. I'd be interested to see what you guys think of that. Um, but uh, I thought it was like a really kind of sophisticated kart racer in a way in that it's kind of has um this power sliding mechanic that is kind of easy to grapple with but then quite challenging to master um and it makes kind of getting the fastest tracks and and beating some of the bosses in the adventure mode um actually quite challenging um especially on the sort of classic mode um which kind of replicates the game as it was but then also in the new medium and hard difficulties that they've um that they've added to this one too um i think it's still family friendly in the easy mode um and obviously with in kind of like a split screen sort of contexts as well um but there is a, like a real challenge to be had in this game um it uses a lot of personality as well which i kind of i've been having some discussions with people about this i'm keen to where you guys have firstly have any of you guys played the new crash team racing game or Not is it just yet. me so far i i really want to but uh yeah, I just haven't had a chance to give it a go. I was I was so mad Did on you play the first the game. Yes, I played the hell out of that game. And uh, to this okay. day, I still think it's a fantastic game. Like, it kind mm. of... I don't know, I went back and played the original a couple of years back and it really put in perspective how... I don't know, I guess the skill ceiling for kart games generally, especially for Mario Kart, like after about the, you know, N64 time, it's the skill ceiling sort of started going lower. You'd have shortcuts that were not really shortcuts as much as they were just alternate routes that maybe got you an extra weapon. Whereas like yeah. in CTR, you've got, you know, shortcuts that require, they're not obvious a lot of the time. You kind of have to, you know, find them accidentally or find them through subtle hints and then they'll require mm. either a, particular like a boost to get there or like a skillful move to get there and that will give you a genuine advantage if you're able to pull it off but it comes at a sort of high risk high reward and and as you were saying with the power sliding techniques it's a lot i don't know it's it's not difficult but yeah there is a bit bit more depth there uh compared to a lot of other kart games and i'm i really want to give it a try of the remake i haven't got time to play it but i yeah, yeah. i really loved ctr and i think it you know, will hold up quite well now, even compared to, you know, the Mario Kart 8s of the world. Oh, oh, it absolutely does. And in my mind, like, there's little doubt that this is the best kart racer on Xbox and PlayStation. Um, <laughs> I guess the debate, well like, is to whether or not Mario Kart 
8 is uh, is like a like a, a if this rivals Mario Kart 8, I should say. Um, I think that really is a matter of preference, but I think the argument could be made for either one or the other. Um, I think there's probably, like, camps on both sides that would really, uh, you know, mount the picket line on that. Um, but, yeah, the, the, everything you touched on there, like, absolutely rings true with this, uh, with um, Nitro Fuel as well. Like, it, they've kept all of that kind of shortcut element and that power sliding element. Um, I, I actually, like, am yet to discover all the shortcuts I feel. Um, I was on Twitter today watching some, some real professional races um, kind of manage some of the corners. And, like, on, on for, for instance, like, on the, the Temple Circuit, there's this whole corner that you can cut out by sort of timing a power slide and a jump correctly. And I love that those skill those shortcuts are only there if you kind of got the skill to match. Mm. Um, so it could make, like, any sort of competitive scene that surrounds this game, like, quite interesting. Um, but it doesn't, like, have any of the sort of rubber banding that Mario Kart kind of does in terms of, like, you when you're 11th or 12th, you can get a power-up that kind of quickly propels you further up up the uh, up the order. Um, that doesn't really exist in, in CTR. There are power-ups that you, you can kind of benefit from, but it's if someone is, like, blazing out in lead and, and they have the skill to, to get there, um, it's hard to, to catch up with them if you, if you don't know the same sort of tricks and haven't mastered the same sort of tricks that they have. Yeah, um, I like that there's a lot more depth to the to the weapons as well. Like you kind of, all the weapons are pretty much like an analog to a Mario Kart equivalent, I guess. Sure. But they'll both have like their powered up version if you have 10 Wumpa Fruit and just like having yeah. that as a, do I hold on to this until I'm powered up? And it'll be, you know, you learn the different mechanics of each version of each weapon and stuff like mm. that. How, like as an example, you've got that orb, which is essentially the blue shell and it either, you know, just goes down the center of the track and attacks the person in first if it's not powered up or if it is mm. powered up it hits every single person on the way to the to the first car- yeah first character it's yeah. like i don't know it adds a lot of extra depth that you just don't get in mario kart but at the mm. same time i don't know looking at the i have, haven't played it on either platform but looking at the performance stuff on say switch versus the other platforms it yeah. doesn't look like i'd pref- i don't think i would want to play it on switch if i had the choice it looks like it's very low res and kind of low <laughs> yeah. frame rate <laughs> I was a little disappointed, to be honest. Um, I I played it for review on PlayStation, but on launch day went and bought myself a Switch copy just because I like the idea of being able to play it whilst I'm out and about. Hmm. Um, and it's just kind of like convenient for multiplayer and stuff. Um, but uh, I was, yeah, a little bit disappointed, especially kind of in handheld. Um, the anti-aliasing looks real rough. Um, it gets very sort of like jaggedy and, and step-like. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it kind of does chug a little too, but it, it holds up fine. I think it's certainly still playable and still enjoyable mm. on this on the Switch in, in handheld mode. Um, and then when it's docked, I, I really didn't notice much issues with it at all. Um, yeah. I, so found kind of the, I found kind of the same thing because I played Team Sonic Racing recently, and that does a similar yeah. thing in that the frame rate is sort of halved on Switch compared to the other platforms. And I guess if you don't have that comparison, it's not going to kill the game for you. But no. I don't know it makes me appreciate the frigging wizards that made Mario Kart 8 both look as good as it does and run at a like silky perfect 60 FPS at all times. Like, yeah, how, how can they do that? And like Sega and it's not Naughty Dog. Who did who developed the remake of uh, Beanox did. Yeah, why can't they do that? I don't understand <laughs> what like secret source Nintendo have. I guess in this it's system. The, like where it's built and how the porting works. Yeah, and probably maybe time restrictions as well. Yeah, um, James, any chance of you playing this game ever? Do you think? No, no. <laughs> what about yourself, Brody? <laughs> 
Um, look, I don't have the nostalgic element of it. Uh, like so, I guess oh, I did have a few questions, but you managed to answer them all. Uh, okay. In, in that little back and forth, because um, I've had two friends tell me different things about it. Like one told me it was sure. like really great and I should get it, and then another told me that it was just a poor man's Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll decide. And I was thinking about getting it on Switch because I'm playing Switch more than ever now. Uh-huh. Um, but now you've kind of turned me off that idea. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't want to discourage people from getting on Switch. I'm just saying, like, if you're if you're used to... I don't know. It's hard to make the jump from PlayStation to Switch if you're playing this game. But I think mm. just getting it for Switch and playing it on there, you, you're not. it's not going to bother you and... Yeah. you're going to enjoy it. I think yeah. for Look, me, I it was I was so familiar with the PlayStation version of it at that point that it was sure. like, a, I was a bit taken aback, but yeah. it's purely because of the comparison. Whereas I have no expectations, so. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, well, I was curious because it is selling very, very well. I think it's had the second best launch for a, a Crash game and I think the third best uh, new game, like like launch kind of sales for uh, a game this year um, behind Days Gone and Resident Evil 2, I think it was. Um, so it's it's certainly like tracking quite well at the moment. James, does it surprise you how well it's selling? I think it's just a... I mean, a lot of people have wanted like a Mario Kart on, the, on PS4 and Xbox for so long, um, uh-huh. especially PS4, and then obviously the buzz around uh, Insane Trilogy meant people really wanted this and they did it and mm. now it's good i guess yeah um there's also like and i when guess you think crashes. about not a lot of four player games on ps4 mm. and a lot of people do play games with other people together yeah. in the same room so um it doesn't surprise me at all to be yeah. honest People with friends, man. How do they do it? Um, yeah, but it's selling really well, and I'm pleased. So it's got me thinking about the next Crash game. Um, Steven, I'm going to devolt back to you, because you seem to be up in your Crash games as well. Um, do you? What's, what's your hope for Crash going forward here? Um, personally, I'm kind of hoping we get Crash Bash remastered next. Oh, yeah, that... Hmm. I, I haven't gone back and played Crash Bash since like playing it when I was, I don't know, 12 or whenever however long ago it was that it came out we played it in december wait did (laughs) did we we did see it was wow it was really so memorable yeah i remember we played it it from your memory (laughs) yeah and we were we were like oh this is not very good we turned it off (laughs) yeah because like that would need a bit more work if they did that yeah Yeah, i suspect so it wasn't like that was the first crash game that wasn't like Naughty Dog from memory. So I don't know it definitely seemed like a quality drop. I didn't notice it as much at the time, but yeah, it's I'd I'd be okay <laughs> with the idea of a crash uh I don't know, a, a party game, a crash party game like Crash Bash, but yeah, as James said, mm. it'll need to be a lot more than a you know, shot for shot remake with better graphics cuz yeah, yeah, you reckon it's not there's hold a chance up. Do you reckon there's a chance that they'll just do a full-fledged sequel and like do something new that's kind of my hope as well i i I think now that they've proven that crash kind of has an audience and is kind of like back in the zeitgeist again i hope they go all right well let's make a new crash game from the ground up and let's let's kind of tell whether it be a new story or like create a new sort of party game inspired by crash bash would would a Um, would a brand new crash experience have you buying a ps5 day one I mean, like I would need any other <laughs> encouragement to buy a PS5 day one, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, granted, like if you've got Horizon uh, 2 on there as well, I'd probably buy it day one as well. But um, yeah, like absolutely it would. 
You've got me very excited for that. Um, <laughs> speaking of potentially new consoles, um, we've getting been getting more rumors about the Nintendo Switch Mini, Stephen. Yeah, so I noticed um, I'd been seeing across the grapevine over the last week, there was this like Chinese website whose name I can't remember that was selling these like Nintendo Switch Mini accessories that look like, you know, cases and all the usual mm. stuff you'd get with, you know, that they try and sell you when you buy a new system. I thought that looked interesting, but they obviously had their own weird little... Uh, like 3D mock-ups of what the system looked like, and it just looked like some horrible thing you'd find in a Wish ad. It was just kind of hilarious. So I kind <laughs> of like wrote that off as, yeah, maybe, who knows. But then just earlier today, I think, um, the Game uh, Game UK store online listed and removed Nintendo Switch Mini accessories on their website. And I feel like if they're putting it up, it's they've got a little bit more... I don't know, reliability than random Chinese website I've never heard of. It's kind of seems like it might be a thing. And uh, as I say, Shannon, also in his article that he put up today, apparently the Spanish game site did it as well. So, Oh, okay. Even another one. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it was the, the necessarily the, I don't know if it was the UK or the Spanish one. Oh, or both, yeah. I'm not sure. It might have um, been the Spanish one. Yeah. I always think yeah. of gamers UK, so that but might be what it was. From what I've heard about the excess, the Chinese um, accessory manufacturer, though, um, Honsen is who they're called. Um, apparently, they're kind of like quite known for their accessory production. Um, so they're kind of in a position where that they would, would net, they might have like the inside sort of scoop on what specifications might be so that they can sort of designing them early. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if this is real. I I still think it's coming, but I don't know if this is the telltale sign. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like cases are sort of almost the, the telltale sign a lot of the time. Like, especially if you look in Mm. like the, the rumor mill for the smartphone market, like you see cases for, you know, the, the new iPhone back before like the 10, the new design was a thing. People were seeing cases on Chinese websites, like January of that year, like a good 10 months before this phone actually came out. And like, they ended up being pretty much spot on. And you see similar things with, you know, other phones as well. It's like, I know it's usually a reasonably good indication, but it doesn't give us any idea of when or, you know, what the features are going to be. Will it still have detachable Joy-Cons? Will it use the same dock? You have no idea until we get a bit further on. Yeah, yeah. Well, the rumours are the the Joy-Cons don't detach and it it is kind of like a portable-only sort of uh, device. I don't want to buy another Switch, but a Switch that is closer in physical form to a Vita would be real nice. (laughs) Would you buy one for that reason, though? I don't think so. Like, I can't... I can't justify buying another Switch, but I don't know. I played my Vita on a flight recently and it's really... It's much nicer to bring on a plane. Yeah. James, we've touched on this a bit before, but do you see a market for a a Switch that is portable only? Depends on the price, I think. Mm. Um, Yeah. That's all I have to add. (laughs) So, if we've been talking about this for like two years, yeah, I feel like we've been talking about it for a while. Like, announce it or whatever. We get it. It's happening. Just tell us. Um, Yeah. I I, I think, yeah. I I just feel like if someone buys a Switch now, like, they're going to use it for both. Um, I don't think there's anybody buy- not buying a Switch because it's not portable enough. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe that's maybe that's someone else does feel like that, and I've just never spoken to them before. Um, <laughs> it's certainly not as portable as the Vita was, I guess, but it's no. still pretty portable. I, I'm just I, like, yeah, getting like, more uh, more bugs in know, the favor of like, Vita. <laughs> announce it! I'm so over it. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 
Yeah, we've done a lot of just like guessing. Will it be dockable? Will it not? It's like, yeah, just just tell us. We yeah. There's only I can so see much. like maybe a switch that's kind of around the two hundred dollar mark. That's kind of a bit more bare bones, but still runs the Switch games just fine. Kind of coming out in a in a holiday window where a new Pokemon game also comes out and a new Zelda game, I suppose. Yeah, like um, you can cut corners on you know not having well. detachable Joy Cons means you don't have to have the mechanical pieces for them to detach and the potentially yeah. the particular Bluetooth radios to have them connected like yeah there's a lot of corners they could cut to make this like the the 2ds of switch i guess yeah for sure what do you where do you come down on this brody um i kind of personally don't see the point i mean i don't have a trouble with the switch's current portability like i've done a huge about face like in terms of how i consume my games and uh like i used to be the guy that would only play the switch like on the TV, but now I, I pretty much only play it portable uh, and around the place. So, um, mm. yeah, I don't really see an issue with it. But like James said, if the price is right and they like cut enough corners to make it like really affordable, then I, I suppose people will buy it. Uh, like they wouldn't be making it if there wasn't a market for it. I guess they're pretty. They, they know what they're doing. So yeah, yeah. That, that's assuming it's real. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's time for What the Wiki. A reminder that uh, What the Wiki is the Starcast game show where the host reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game and knew the contestants must guess the game. Uh, the host is last week's winner, which uh, Stephen uh, was you. And thanks to What the Wiki's official keeper of the score at Jamie and Penner on Twitter, we have a recap from that week. Um, the week's players were Stephen, James, and Ewan. James and Ewan were left stunned as Stephen blitzed through the first two questions to claim the point. So that's kind of narrowing the kind of competition a little bit. Um, James is still in the lead on five points, Brody one behind on four, Stephen on three, and then myself and Shannon uh, lagging behind the pack uh, on a measly point each. Um, so good opportunity for Brody to level up here, but he is going to have to beat James to do it. Stephen, take us away. Yes, I'm ready to go with our, our first one from old mate Jamie. Thank <coughs> you very much. Uh, so <laughs> the... Oh, are we all ready? Everyone ready to go? Got their buzzers sorted? As ready as I'll ever be. I'm, I'm a bit... Dicey, I'm trying to keep my eye on my dinner because my cat's looking very threatening, but <laughs> but I'm okay. There's no cat handicap in this game. You've got to be Sounds in like to excuses. I, I don't know if you heard me run out of the room before, but he was up on the bench. <laughs> That's what that was. <laughs> well, anyway. okay. First game. The game is a 2018 platform game developed and published by IntiCreates. It is companion title to developer Artplay's Bloodstained Ritual of the James. Night. No, yep. It's a bloodstained curse of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> wow. And can you guess why that's a game for the week? Would that be because Bloodstained Ritual of the Night came out this week? That's the one. Well, apparently released on Switch today, according to, to Jamie. But yes, oh, your reason yeah. is also correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still can't get over Brady's reaction. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what did he say? I like, didn't even hear him. <laughs> I heard some muttering. Like, bless Jamie, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's, that's the most mainstream he's ever gone, so I won't complain, but... <laughs> it's a game that came out in a shop. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. But it's still not like, you know, anyway. Please. Continue. Well, game number two, first clue, it did also come out in a shop, and now I'll do the <laughs> wiki thing. <laughs> oh, wow. So, uh, the game, also known as, I'm not going to give that, uh, in Europe, is a game for the PlayStation Portable system that consists oh of a collection God. of 45 mini games, many of what? which borrow from elements of Ape Escape 2. 
The game was first released in Japan and later in Europe and North America by utilizing the PSP's Wi-Fi capabilities four players can play at any time. A sequel was released in Japan and Europe, but not in America. No no one's got any of this. (laughs) I reckon James... Did you say PlayStation Portable? Yes. I don't know this. Like... I'm going to guess the Ape Escape PlayStation Portable Party. <laughs> I don't know. Where's Shannon when you bloody need him? Yeah. Like, Ape, uh, James. How yes? far off was I? Is it Ape, is it Ape Escape Quest? No. Oh. It's, <laughs> it's Ape Escape something. I don't know. I'm going to read the next part, but I don't know how much it will help. Brody. Brody, yes? Ape Escape Go. No. <laughs> 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 We're just guessing like Pokemon games now. Uh, Ape Crystal. Who let the apes out? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh wait, that was so it. This isn't the one, but uh, <laughs> what? I, I feel like we're not going to get this one, but I might do the next paragraph and see how we go. Okay. Uh, a monkey working for Spectre, the player must work up from junior class to senior class by paying, playing mini games by meeting certain criteria for each class. There are nine minigames in each class oh. to compete. Ape Escape uh, School. Yeah. <laughs> Brody. The- Brody, yes? Ancestors, the humankind odyssey. <laughs> James was so close. Uh, oh, Persona 2? <laughs> <laughs> no. Failing to meet the criteria rewards you with an X while meeting is the criteria. Is it Ape Escape School's Out? Ewan, sorry, Buzz. It is not, but it Damn is it. school related. Uh, James. But it's not the word in the school. Title. No, it is not. Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. <laughs> no. Brody. Brody? Uh, Ape Escape. Uh, class. Warfare. High class. <laughs> <laughs> um, lucky I got a lot of examples. I don't think this is going to go anywhere. Should we... Uh... Can we... <laughs> yeah, okay. If you've got other examples, like we don't have yes. to worry about tiebreakers and stuff. Sure. What was the game? This Put was Ape, es- Ape Escape Academy. Like, oh, like school. Damn it, I was like, what's another us. name for a school? <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, well. Well, yeah. if this next one doesn't get got, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> okay. So, game two, I guess. I'm so The tired. game yeah. <laughs> is a party video game developed by Eurocom and published by Sony Computer Entertainment James? for the PlayStation. <laughs> James? Crash Bash? Yes. Oh. <laughs> It God is. Damn it. <laughs> I was so worried. Like when when you were talking about it earlier, I almost let it slip that that was the ones on my one of the ones on my list, but I didn't. But James got it. Well, actually, well, yeah. is it published by Eurocom. Uh, developed no. by Eurocom developed and by published by, by SCE. Right. Okay. Well, well, I wouldn't have any. I wouldn't have been able to tell you who developed that. I game. only knew that because I looked up Crash Bash <laughs> when we talked about it before. Oh, James just won, didn't he? Yeah, I think, yeah, I did. I think he did. God, God damn that it! Was, that was almost <laughs> as bad as the one I hosted a few weeks ago. <laughs> nah, we had a good run in the middle then. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that was that was quality. I had Ape a good chuckle at the very warfare. least. Well done, James. <laughs> uh, so that now extends your lead out to two points. You're on six. Brody behind on four. Stephen at three. Myself and Shannon at one. Well done. And with that, let's bring an end to what was episode 180 of the Startcast. Sub- subscribe to us on Podcast One, iTunes, or any other podcast service of your choice. Follow us at Press.AU and visit the site of course at press.com.au you can join the conversation using hashtag the startcast um, I've been your host Ewan Roxburgh you can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxburgh joining us today was Brody thank you you can follow me on most things at Brody underscore DG uh, also joining us today was James yeah um, I'm on Twitter on at Jams so A-T-J-A-M-Z 
Um, you can read my Bloodstain review now, which is exciting. It's my first decimal score since we moved oh, over. Oh, yeah, since we've... Uh, wow. Yeah, you've done scoring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you never forget I, your first. No, yeah. <laughs> I was, like, quite torn with Crash as to, like, whether to give it an 8.5 or an 8. Um, but then I was like, no, I'm only really considering the 8.5 purely because we have this decimal score now. I need to stick with my gut. It is an 8. Um, we've also been joined today by Stephen. Yeah, um, you can find me on all the things at Stephen Impson. Um, I haven't posted much on Instagram. I just sort of filled it with LA photos and I haven't done anything interesting since then. But I promise I'll do something interesting and post it soon. And LA photos are, are very fascinating. Are there very any pictures of um, In-N-Out burgers in your Instagram? No, I didn't even get to an In-N-Out. I went to a oh, fat damn. burger, but I couldn't find an In-N-Out within, like, Uberable do distance. In-N-Out was good. I enjoyed my animal style follows. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, happy gaming. Bye. Good night. See ya.